Hi, and welcome to Storytime with Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs. Hi, everyone. I am your host, Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs, together with... Me, Yossi, his sidekick! Yay! To send much-needed donations to JRoot Radio, the address is JRoot Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. Uh, j Radio can be found on Naki Radio, and it also can be found on j And at 712-432-2444. And that is 712-432-2444. You can call in at 718-506-9099, and you could uh, also follow the archives by following the menu at the end of the show, if you would like to call in to tell us what you learned. So the number is 718-683-5858. Of course, uh, if you would like to text in for information about how to sponsor a program or to advertise, the number to text in is 347-927-8398. Also, if you would like to text in a story suggestion with all its details, the number to text in is 347-927-8398. If you are interested in hiring Rabbi Yitzhi for either live storytelling or storytelling on Zoom, uh, and or if you want to hire Rabbi Yitzhi to do his famous Kayach from the Moyer show, uh, uh, you know, uh, or you're interested in information on how to learn martial arts lessons or Qigong energy exercises, or if you're interested in art lessons or anything of that nature, you know, uh, for more information, call 718-375-1294. The number again is 718-375-1294. Rabbi Yitzhi's CDs are in most stores, and if you have a CD that is not in the store, you can call the 718 number 375-1294 to ask for uh, the current list to be faxed or uh, emailed. Rabbi Yitzhi books are also on sale in stores also at your local farmer store. Okay, hope you don't mind that I did all that. No, it's quite all right. So I guess we could go straight to the story now. Okay, so right before I start the story, I would like to remind everybody that this story is sponsored as a continuous refusal for Chaim Yosef Tzvi ben Sarah Miriam. Now, this story that I'm about to tell... Yeah, yeah, what kind of story is it? Well, you know that we're mentioning Reish Chodesh Nisan this week. Yeah, yeah, that's right, it's Parashas HaChodesh. That's right. And, uh, you know, so you know what's in the air. Ah, uh, yeah, like there's oxygen and... Uh, you see? I, I know, it's the Pesach season. Soon as Purim is over, it's like 30 days before the Yom Div, and everybody's busy learning about Pesach and everything. And also at the same time, besides everybody learning about Pesach, <laughs> everybody's also busy, uh, you know, with, uh, with uh, you know... Uh, like cleaning for Pesach, like something you don't want to do. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? My Rebbe told me that some people make a big mistake. Mistake? You know, like mistake, mistake, you know what I mean? Anyway, so what people do is uh, they turn, uh, you know, cleaning up a pesa, getting rid of the chametz and everything, they make it into a spring cleaning. 
Uh, yes, that is a problem. Because really, it's not a spring cleaning. Because when people come into Pesach, they should come into Pesach with joy and happiness. You know, people got to really learn what's really necessary to clean up for before Pesach. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, imagine somebody going Meshiga and saying, Ay, Vayishmir, ay, a Cheerio from 1941, I remember now, it rolled under my couch that said, takes 14 people to pick up because it's an old-fashioned couch. It has real wood and real springs and real cushions and real material, nothing artificial, you know. And maybe my great-great-granddaughter is going to come by and and want to crawl underneath even though there's only two inches of space and she can't fit, so she's going to pick up the whole couch by herself and get the Cheerios, so I must move the couch to clean it. And, of course, that's what my Rebbe was talking about. You don't have to do something like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> you imagine a person going over and says, Oh, you know, i got to clean up, uh, make sure there's no comments, so let me disconnect all my radiators and all my steam connections and clean out the pipes just as well. <laughs> that is funny, right, Rabbi Herbs? Yes, it is. And people are not supposed to have to go that mishiga to clean up. You know, you have to clean up what's reasonable. And if you know for sure there was hummus in an area, yes, of course you have to clean that up. But anyways, that's not what I wanted to do the show about. I want to tell the story, not tell the halachas right now. Oh, 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 oh so what do you want to do? Uh, I was going to tell a story, a very interesting story that I know for sure I have not told on J-Root in a long, long time. Maybe I never even told it. Really? What's the name of the story? I remember when. Oh, you remember when you told the story? No, 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 no. I remember when. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. You remember when you told the story? So when was it? No, 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 Yussi. The name of the story is I Remember When. Oh. You remember when? Not I myself. But you just said, I remember when. Yes, yes. But when I say I, I don't mean I. You mean me? No, 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 no. Not you either. Although, you know what? To keep you out of trouble, I might use you as one of the characters in the story. I love to play parts in this story. Yes, I know. Okay, so I'm going to give you a part. So meantime, you could just take this script over here. Got it? Okay, look it over, and uh, let me just continue over here. So um, this story I have not told in a long time. So when I say I remember when, I'm talking about a character in the story says I remember when. Ah, now I got it. Now I got it. I hope so. I hope so. What am I talking like you for? Okay, anyway, so this story goes back. Is it a true story? Well, <laughs> you know, I really don't know 100%, but it's a real old, old traditional story. Ah, I see. Okay, uh, go ahead. Uh, Yussi, are you looking over the part? Yeah, but it's like a while before I come in. You know, I have to grow up. That's a great idea. You should grow up. But I can't. For so many years, I've been the same age. Yussi, Yussi, can I tell the story? Oh, oh go ahead. All right. Anyway, this story called I Remember When, it took place in the late 1700s, okay? And it's a story that happened in a kind of shtetl, a village, a town, whatever you want to call it. Let me have a little dorfola, you know, a little small village. 
uh, which is a little bit bigger than a shtetl. But anyways, uh, there was a shtetl or a, or a dorf or, you know, a little village, town, whatever you want to call it, was called Sludgeburg. Okay, and it was on the outskirts of Germany. Now, Sludgeburg is a very interesting town. It probably got its name because years ago, years before that, it was a town that was built in a valley. And many times there was floodings, and when heavy rains came, uh, rivers on high or streams, they overflowed, and a lot of mud came sliding down of the village walls, or whatever you want to call it, down the mountaintops, and a lot of muddy sludge went all over the village. And then it took a while for them to clean up. Now, of course, that's the way it was. Then you might ask yourself a good question. I know what the question is. Why do people live in such a place like that that's going to get sludge all over the place? You're right. But you see, there was another advantage over there. Really? Why could be an advantage living in a house that gets boom, boom, with sludge all over it? Well, you see, the advantage was that the water flowed down the streams, and therefore their fields were very well watered, and therefore the crops grew very well. And the farmers over there were able to make a decent parnosa because they had lots of very good vegetable. I would say excellent quality vegetables and things like that. It was such great, great quality. It was just unbelievable quality of these vegetables. And, of course, these uh, fruits and vegetables that they sold, they made a good profit, and uh, that's why they live there. Ah, so the good outweighs the bad. That's right. So the once in a while that they had a flooding and a sludging slide, uh, so what happens is they just uh, took care of it accordingly. Aha, uh-huh. so they took care of it accordingly. Uh-huh, that's exactly what they did. And then, I would say in the early 1700s, there were a couple of people who came up with a very interesting idea. I was just thinking to myself, you know, I've been a farmer here for maybe uh, almost close to 50 years. And I want you to know that I was just thinking out loud and I, you, you, members of the farm here and members of our visual village of Sludgeburg, uh, you, you know, I was just thinking out loud. And when I think out loud, uh, uh, when you think out loud, it makes a larger noise. Go ahead, you say something, what you want. Instead of saying, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, just say what you're thinking already. All right, all right, all right. You know, I think we should build a dam because, you know, I've noticed over the years that I've been a farmer, the most places where the water floods down is over there. You see, look out the window from this hole. Okay, see? See? Look out the window. Yeah, you see over there? Over there, that's where the things fall down, right? That's where the most rain comes because over there, it's like a high-level ground. When the uh, river that's up there and the upper part of those hills starts to uh, overflow, it rolls down the mountain. So to stop it and control the water, I think we should build a dam. Uh, you know something? For the change, when you're thinking out loud, make a lot of noise, this time your noise makes sense. Uh, boy, say, I agree with, with, with Mendele. Uh, Mendele? Oh, yeah, 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 so, uh, so uh, we all have to contribute to build a dam. 
And so Rabbi Sai, Rabbi Sai, are you benching? I'm <laughs> just you know, getting into it. Okay, anyways, so the people got together and they raised the funds and they hired workers and some of these people were able to do some work themselves and they built a dam and for about 50 years or so, the dam held up. And this story, when it takes up, place the dam was up there for about 75 years at least and of course it was working the dam held back the water when there were heavy rains the river overflowed it got stuck in that area where they dug out took a lot of work but they did it and it held the water and then when the water wasn't coming down so much from the skies. You mean like when it was, wasn't raining? Right. So when the floodgates of the heavens was not open, uh, right, you go ahead. Uh, and then, of course, they just opened up some of the damn doors, uh, whatever they call it, and, and they let some water controlled out and watered the fields. So they were always able to have a lot of crops. And naturally... They obviously became a well-to-do shtetl, a well-to-do dorfel, a well-to-do village. And this did not make everybody happy, but... What do you mean? Weren't they all happy? Yes, yes, everybody in the village of Sludgeberg was happy, but not necessarily everybody up there in the hilltops. Well, we'll get to them in a minute. Now... There was a family that I want to focus on. We're going to focus on the Eloibman family. There was Herschel and Blima Eloibman. And they had a little bicycle named Yidl. And they a lot of times affectionately called him Yidla. And they would say, Yidle, Yoha, Yidle, come here, the Kleinchickle. Come here. You tatty, you tatty. Hey, how am I doing, Rabbi Yerus? Is this a pretty good baby's voice? Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Go ahead. Okay, so I see you want to play the baby also when it's a baby before you get older. Yeah, so much fun, so much fun. Okay, should I go gaga go go? Well, 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 uh, could I, could I? Whatever works. Oh, oh, okay, ta-ta, gaga, ba-ba-da-da. Okay, um, I want to, um, um, you know, um, I really want, want to, uh, help Queen for Pesach. You want to help Queen for Pesach? Hester, uh, you, you hear that, Blime? He wants to help Queen for Pesach. Oh, that's so lovely. You want to help Queen for Pesach? I agree. Very nice. You know what? Here, come here. My hair. Come over here, please. Thank you. <laughs> okay, you hold this over here. And when mommy needs this, you give this to me, okay? Okay. Now, of course, they really couldn't use the help of this one-and-a-half-year-old baby. Uh, so, of course, what they did was a little bit different. They went over and... Uh, they kind of, uh, like, gave him things that he thought he was helping out, and they would say, hold this, hold that, hold this, hold that, and, of course, you know, they would clear off a of Pesach and whatever it is. But when Pesach came around, this little Yidla loved Pesach. He loved it when he said, Wowie, kazowie, it's so pretty. The house is sparkling for Pesach. We have very special tablecloths. For Pesach is so wonderful. 
Oh, and the chandelabras are polished so specially shining. The laughter is so beautiful, Mommy Tati. Eh, well, you know, it's Pesidic, you know. It is Man Chai It's the time that we were freed, you know, uh, from the Golis Mithraim, you know. Eh, Svaldik, Svaldik, Svaldik. Okay, not a problem. And, of course, he admired Pesach. And by the time Idler was three years old, he was able to get up on top of the chair and start saying... Manashtana. And of course, his older brothers and sisters would say, Well, 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 it's about time because, you know, I think that I'm getting too old to say the Manashtana. Okay, you know, uh, Tati, uh, could he do it? Yeah, of course, no problem. <coughs> you know, you practice enough time? Yes, Tati, I practice enough times. Okay, are you ready? Uh, yeah, okay. Maggie! Okay, is it my turn to say the Manastana? Yeah, 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 okay. Uh, Zug, the child of Manastana. Okay. Tati, Leibn, ich will der Fregen, der vier Katschkes. Katschkes? Blima, did you rehearse with him? I did, I did. We were looking at Katschkes at the time. <laughs> we were looking at little duckies. <laughs> but no, 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 I said Cassius, Cassius. Oh, sorry, we'll get it right now. Tati Leibn, ich will der Fregen, der vier Cassius. Nicht kein Katschkes. Okay. Tati Leibn... I want to ask you the four cashews. Ma, ma, I'm hungry. <laughs> Very cute, but uh, you'll have to wait later in the Seder, okay? Oh, okay. Ma, the start of Hawaii was because Hawaii was. And of course, he would say the Manashtana. And of course, for a little old, <laughs> for a little old Yidla. What do you mean, little old? I'm only three years old at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's an old saying. Okay, anyways, uh, he loved saying the Manashtana. And he loved when he dipped the carpus in the Salzwasser, the, the parsley in the salt water. He loved it. And he loved making the burpee dumber. And he loved eating the matis. And, of course, his face cringed when his tati gave him a little bit of mora. Okay, Yidle, you sure you want to try this? Or, you know, I can give you Roman lettuce instead. No, Tati, I want to try to be like everybody else. I want to be able to eat um, the mama. Could I have some mama, please? All righty, not a problem. Okay, here you go. Are you ready to try it? And make the brocha. And of course, he made a brocha out loud, and they all answered, Amen. And then came the fun. Okay, here I go. Remember, take a little bit at a time, Yidle. It's not going to be fun. Okay, don't worry. A little bit at a time. So far, so good. Not so fast. Yidle, Yidle. Uh, my tongue's on fire. Ooh, oh, call the fire department. Ooh, oh, oh, spritz me. Uh, 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 I warned you. 
And of course, so Yidl had two kinds of emotions. On the one hand, he loved the Pesach Seder. He loved it. He loved everything that was happening there. He enjoyed it very much. He enjoyed the rituals. And he loved to see the beauty of how his father sat in the kittle. And he was saying the Haggadah. And he didn't just say the words. He didn't just go, Excuse me, Rabbi Ersh, that's not his voice. Oh, I was just talking in general. Uh, people, you know, when they say the Haggadah, they, they just say it. But, they, you know, uh, he didn't just do that. He went like, Okay, Kinderach, I want you to know, and you're the line that's sitting here, this is how the story of Pesach unfolded. It started out when we were slaves to Pesach, and of course he went and told the whole entire story. And this Yiddle loved, and Yiddle internalized Pesach, that all year round he couldn't wait for Pesach. But then he was reminded, Purim comes first. Shefala, Purim comes first. Yeah, we got to do Purim first. You know, we just up in the customs and everything. Come on, Yiddle. Come on, we have time for Pesach. Ah, uh, okay. You're white. You're white, you're white, you're white. <laughs> okay, so uh, we'll wait. And of course, after Purim came, wow, eh? I can't wait for Pesach. Now Purim is over. Pesach time. Pesach time. Chag knows. I think you have a little mix-up. <laughs> it's cute. You gotta admit, our idol is a very cute ingler. Pesach time. Pesach time. The time to clean the house for Pesach. Oh, okay. I'll take a go now. Uh... Uh, Pesach, Pesach, ay, 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 Pesach. All right, whenever you make up song, don't worry. Okay, everybody, continue cleaning up. And, of course, this will be the routine. Now, we're going to go back to the other side. Now, the only people that lived in this valley were the Yidin. The Yidin were the only ones that lived there. Goyim were thinking to themselves... It's not a bad idea, as we should live down there. Uh, the land is very fertile over there, and people plant over there, and the vegetables and trees, they all grow. They have beautiful orchards, and they have beautiful vegetables. You know that? They locked out by buying that land. Well, you know why we didn't buy that land, of course. You all know. We didn't buy that land because of the flooding. We thought when we sold the land to those Jewish people for such cheap price, we thought they were doing us a favor because who's going to want to live down there when it floods every now and then? But uh, who thought about... Yes, I know. So Jewish people, they think of everything. They're very smart. They thought of things... And, and they went over and they thought about building a dam. Why didn't we think of that? Oh, that's a very good question. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Peter Yanislav, okay, Peter Yanislav was looking on and said, I don't know why you don't leave the Jewish people alone. After all, you know, that uh, what happened was this, we made a silly mistake, we sold them, we can't cry over spilt milk, you know that? 
No, we can't cry. Ah, uh, we can't cry. Uh, we can't uh, smile. I mean, uh, uh, um. ah, I see who's there. Rodme Boichplatz, how are you? All right. Listen to me very carefully. You are right, Peter, that we can't cry over spilt milk. <laughs> That is the saying you were trying to do. But listen to me. I am still jealous of those Jewish people. Henrich and I was talking. Uh, you don't mean that uh, you are referring to Henrich Splatznik? Yeah, that's right. He's referring to me. You have a problem with that? No, no, no. Uh, uh, but when you two get together, I always smell trouble. <laughs> so you hear that, Ladmer? He smells trouble. <laughs> you hear that? He smells trouble. <laughs> Very interesting. So let me tell you something, all right? Uh, listen, we don't have to make trouble, even though trouble's our middle name. <laughs> no wonder why he's called Boichplatz. You know, he laughs so much until your Boichplatz is. <laughs> all right. Listen to me. Everybody knows that we made a silly mistake by selling to them. So we sold it for very cheap. They're making a fortune. Everybody knows that wherever they travel to sell their fruits and vegetables, they make a lot of money from it because they have the best quality fruits and vegetables. And the reason why they have the best fruits and vegetables is very simple to understand. And the reason is because of where they live. Yeah, yeah. They live in a wonderful Jewish territory, which was not a Jewish territory. It was our territory. Yeah, that's right. And what they did was they used their brains the way they do, and they made the place very livable. And they uh, uh, grew everything there. And they're making a fortune, and that fortune should have been ours because we should have had that farmlands. But you don't understand. What I'm trying to tell you is that uh, um, they bought it fair and square, and they just invested. We could have done the same thing, but we didn't do it. So we didn't do it, so what is our problem? You understanding what I'm saying? Yeah, understand everything. Oba... Who says we have to still live like that? Okay? They're making a fortune, and we, our farmlands here, the water that we're supposed to get rolls down the mountain, goes to the dam over there. Then, when they don't have enough water, they open up the special gates in the dam. Right? So I was thinking like this. Their riches really should be ours, because we undersold the land. You didn't undersold everything. It was your father that sold the land, not you. Yes, my father sold it. But that means I don't have an inheritance because of that. 
I could have a good piece of land. But no, they did not. All right. So what do you want to do? Yes, what is it that you are talking about? You all I called a special meeting with all of us because you had something very special planned. Why don't you tell us what it is and start beating around the bush? Ah, you're not beating around the bush. Now listen to me very carefully. The thing is like this. You see, what Ludmir and I, Hendrik, ah, uh, Splotchnik, was thinking about was... There it should be ours. Don't tell me you think about raiding the Jewish territory over there of Slodzberg and making a pogrom there. That's not nice. I mean, look, they don't bother us, okay? They don't bother us, but they make us jealous. Yeah, that's right. They make us very jealous as they are rich and we are not. But we could have done the same thing, but we didn't. But now we can. So here's my plan. Oh, he's got a plan. What is this? What is last? Come on. Let's live like the way we always do. So we're not so rich, but at least we are happy. I would be happier. And I think everybody else would be happier if we had more money. Because then we could sit back and relax. We could hire workers to work for us. Now that would be great, wouldn't it? I think so. I like Ludmir Boichplatz's plan. And I think everybody else here should like it. And if we don't like it? Well, that's your problem. Because let me tell you what we were thinking about doing. That's right. You know, they have a dam over there, right? We know about the dam already. No, speak up and tell us what your plan is and what you want. All right. It's the plan. Okay. What happens if all the floodgates of the dam were opened? If all the floodgates of the dam were open, then probably the whole territory would be flooded if it's not controlled, right? That's right. <laughs> so listen to me. Okay, we cause a flood by lifting up all the gates from the dam and let the waters flood out, and not a little at a time, a big sudden gush, right? So then it will come into the Jewish part of Sludgeburg. What do you mean the Jewish path? Only Jews live in Sludgeburg. All right, whatever. The water will come out there, and the water will come with such a heavy pressure that it will threaten their lives. One second. I thought we are not going to be killing anybody. What's the last going on here? Why we want to kill them? We don't want to drown them. We want to drown them. They'll see the floodwaters running, They'll run away from their houses. Get it? Now, we will be standing up on the top of here, by the dam. And the waters will be controlled to flood the town. It will come in such large torrents that everybody from the town will start to run away. Uh, they run away, and then what happens? Ah, you don't get it. They're going to run to the other side, the opposite direction where the war is coming. They'll run up to the hilltops to stay there for safety. Then, when we see, uh, we see I have this little thing, it's called a telescope. Yeah, I got this, it's very expensive. Anyways, I will look from the top over there. And then, and when we see that the Jewish people are all out of the town, 
we will stop the floodgates. You understanding? And then, before the Jews have the chance to come back into their village, we will come down to Sludgeburg. Cause <laughs> we'll wear boots, of course. Anyways, we'll come and go into the houses and steal all their riches. <laughs> then we'll bring it up to the top of the mountain. And then, when the Jews uh, think it's safe to come back, they'll come back, but they won't find their riches, and they won't be able to prove that we took it. Why won't they be able to prove that we took it? Who else is going to take it? Ah, they'll know that people came in to take, but they can't prove it because they can't see us. You know, nowadays, not everybody owns a telescope. Most of the people that own a telescope like this are those that are ship captains, you understand? So they can see things from the distance. This is not a popular invention yet, you understanding? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. So, is everybody in agreement with Ludmer Boichplatz and Heinrich, uh, me, you know, Heinrich Platznik's uh, ideas? It's a very interesting idea that you have. I like it very much. Yeah, I wouldn't mind being rich. Hey, Edward, would you? Nein, Ahmad Dunyas. Nein, I wouldn't mind. Hey, Otto, you think it's a good idea? Uh, yes, Guthman, Gewaldik. I'm like my old Jewish neighbor before he moved down there. He, he say, used to say things that are good. Gewaldik. By the way, does anybody know what Gewaldik means? Yeah, I believe it's very similar to our word. That means great. <laughs> All right, so if everybody's in agreement with Ludmir uh, Boyplatz and me, uh, our ideas, everybody has to keep it a secret, okay? Now we're going to wait for a nice sunny day. When it's nice and sunny, they won't expect it. That's right. Okay? And we're going to try to do this towards the evening. <laughs> Make more panic and more turmoil. And it's guaranteed that because it's in the evening when they're all in their bed sleeping, they won't have a chance to take everything with them. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> uh, I think what she's doing is like this. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, when do you want to do this? I will inform everybody. What do you think I inform? I will inform. Okay, we will inform everybody when we see a good uh, sunny day where everything looks fine and dandy. Then... We'll wait till the evening, and we'll all be prepared. And then, make sure you get yourselves ready, and we'll go down there and take whatever we want. Yeah, I like this idea. The more I think about this, the better I like it. Me too, the better I hear and think. It's a very good plan. I like it very much also. And sure enough, unfortunately... The people down below in Sludgeburg had no inkling what was going on. 
And, of course, the farmers were doing their things. And some of these farmers were big Tamidi Chachamim. that I could farm. And I could say, Mishnayas Balpeh, well, I'm farming. And sure enough, people did that. It was a Gavaldic. They were very happy people. And then the sun was shining. Ah, hey, Henrich. Uh, yeah, Ludwig, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> Henrich. It didn't rain yesterday and today. Perfect time to do this. Eh? Tonight. All right, let's inform everybody. And sure enough, they went around. And they were looking at all the people, knocking on their doors, and very quietly telling them, Tonight's tonight, we're going to do it. Yeah, get ready. And Baruch Hashem for them, well, actually... Not Baruch Hashem for the Yidin down below, but if they know how to say Baruch Hashem, they would say Baruch Hashem, that uh, down below they can't hear what's going up on the top of the valley. And so what happened was is, they're all getting themselves ready, getting their bags ready and everything, whatever they wanted to steal. Meanwhile, the two of them, the two Rishoyim, Lodmir Boichplatz and Heinrich Splachnik. Heinrich Splachnik. Did I say Heinrich before? Well, I think it's pronounced Heinrich. But anyways, um, I don't know how to pronounce all these German names, but I'm assuming it's Heinrich. Anyways, so what happened was is they were up on the top of the dam. All right, I'm ready. Here are all the gauge things. All right. Uh, how the two of us going to pull up all the gauge at the same time? I thought of that. Here. Take this bar over here, connect it to those little chains, connect the chains over there. Oh, I should take this bar, connect to the chain, and connect it to this chain. Ah, I get it. We put them there, and the two of us pull the bar, and the chains with the pulley that you put over there will pull up all the gates to order them to open but we have to pull hard so it all floods all at one time. That's right. And all the Eden were fast asleep after saying Kriyashma Lamita. And I really believe that because they said Kriyashma Lamita, they were very strict about it. And I believe that that's what saved their lives because who knows how many countless people could have drowned while they were sleeping. So, the signal was given. All right. One, two. I know how to count. Just let me do the count, okay? One, two, three. And at that moment, the two of them yanked real hard, and they pulled and pulled. And with the power of the pulley, they didn't have no electric motors in those days, uh, but they pulled the chain along the pulley that they set up, and they pull on the bar so all the gates of the dam could be pulled up at the same time. And all of a sudden, a thrust of water came pouring down the hilltops. But it came down with such thunderous, loud roaring, like a stormy river, 
that people on the front end of the town near the dam, they started waking up. What's happening here? I don't know. Look, it's flooding. The dam broke. Everybody wake up. And these two old people ran in the streets screaming, What's going on there? Muskaish the fool! Ah, what's happening? Muskaish Mush And it all panicking and running. And they grabbed their kindler. Come, kindler, come schnell, schnell! Come, come, let's go. Let's get out of here. And of course, no different than the Eloibman family. I raise me. Kindler, let's go, let's go. Come on, Yidler, Kim, 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 Kim. And sure enough, Yidler came. Oh no, what's going on here? There's a flood going on. Come on, we have to run to the hilltops. We have to go to the opposite side. And, of course, that was according to the plan that, uh, you know, uh, Ludmir and Heinrich, they planned. Yes, Ludmir Beuchplatz and Heinrich Splotchnik, they planned this. They knew if the water comes one way, the Yidin will run up the hill the other side. And if they run up the other side, they knew right away... They knew without a doubt, running up the other side would not be very pleasant for everybody else. Okay, and uh, of course, to leave everything behind. That's what they thought, and they were pretty right about that. And they just grabbed all their people, their kindlech and everything, and they ran, and some of them were fortunate enough to have their das to grab their talus and tefillin. They grabbed that too and ran, and some even had uh, the, the foresight to grab the sifriter out of the shul, and they saved that too. But unfortunately, couldn't save the other sforum over there. And in those days, even though printing presses were invaded in the 1600s, whatever, but nonetheless, not everybody had things that were printed yet. Some still had handwritten sforum. Anyways, it would be a big loss, but saving their lives were more important. As the Rav of Sludgeberg said, It's more important to save your lives. We, if we die, we cannot come back to life until So everybody listen to me very carefully. Just save yourselves. Come, let's live. Run, run, run. But the Sifreteras are like people for us. Grab the Sifreteras. Let's go. And sure enough, that's what they did. And the floodwaters crashed down. Now, some of the earlier houses were not built so strong, so some of them are literally busted down. They crunched. And, of course, the flood was having the effect they wanted. The Eden ran to the hilltops. And when he was looking through his telescope, All right, Heinrich, tell everybody after we run down, let's go. And let's take everything we can. Have we got your boots? And of course, they shut the floodgates. The Eden didn't bother to look back because they didn't want to drown and they had no idea how deep the water is. But it was only by the time that they, they shut the dam, the time they shut the gates of the dam, the waters flooded maybe, I would say... Probably uh, at least up to the knees or maybe up to the waist, whatever. Meantime, the people started coming down. 
<laughs> this is a great plan. Oh, yeah, yeah, very good plan. Yes, it's very good plan, very good plan. Come, let's go. He's the richest. They'll never be able to prove it's us because they have no telescope. <laughs> it's nighttime. They can't identify us. No way, no way, no way. How? <laughs> and sure enough, that's what they did. They came down the hillside. But now I got to tell you something. We're focusing on Herschel and Blima Eloidman. And let's go back to them running up the mountain on the opposite side. Come on, Kindler. Come, come, come. Schnell, schnell. Blim, 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 grab Schindler. Come on. Schnell, schnell, schnell. Come on, Kindler. Kindler. Come on. Yidle, yidle. Hi, hi, hi. I'm coming, Tati. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Uh, I, 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 I can't hold on. What, what do you mean? Uh, uh, grab my hand. I'll pull you up. Grab my hand. Uh, uh, okay, I'm pulling you, uh, I'm, I'm reaching out to you, uh, pull me, pull me up, Tati, please, 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 pull me, please, can you pull me up, oh no, oh no, I can't reach you, I can't reach you, uh, I'm losing my footing over here, no, 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 yiddle, yiddle, grab my hand, grab my hand, please, quick, 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 uh, I'm, 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 okay, oh, oh no, I'm losing my footing, and, and sure enough, unfortunately, some of the ground gave way, and part of the mountain over there slipped, it was loose dirt and stones, and he started sliding down, Oh no, I'm falling! And he didn't fall like off a cliff. He was rolling down the hill. Or mountain, whatever you want to call it. He was rolling down. And of course, Yidl started to cry. Bobby, Bobby, Daddy, Daddy. And all of a sudden, and when he hit the bottom, his head hit a little rock. Uh, for him, it was a big rock. And it knocked him unconscious. Baruch Hashem, it didn't kill him, but it knocked him unconscious. And the father called out, Ah, ah, Yidala, Yidala. And his mommy called, Yidala, Yidala. Ay, 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 he's not moving. He's not moving. Yidala, get up, get up. Ay, ay, ay. Hey, the floodwaters are coming. What should we do? Uh, 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 what should we do? It's a very interesting question. Okay, let me see what's going on there. Your yidle fell over there. He's not answering? No, he's not answering. Ay, ay, ay. There's a chance he might be. I don't want to say. You know what? Um, I'm already an older man. You go on ahead. And I'll go down to see if I could save the boy, if he's alive. I'll try. And sure enough, the Rav started to climb his way back down the hilltop when suddenly the waters reached over there. And when it reached over there, the waters covered Yidl. But Yidl didn't float to the top. His foot was stuck under a fallen branch. He was stuck over there under the water, and the Rav thought for sure, that's it. No one could survive that, and the Rav thought that Yidl had died. It was Nifta. That's the way the Rav thought. And he came up and he told the sad news that he probably drowned with the water. But now I'll tell you what happened after that. So the Eden continued going to the top of the hill to try to settle over there. Meantime, once they shut the floodgates, suddenly the water started to recede a little bit backwards. 
and receded enough, just in time, before Edel would drown. Edel was stuck under a log. It was unconscious because his head hit the rock. But at the same time, Edel, that is, he was still alive, Baruch Hashem. And there was coming Peter Yanislav with his wife Marilyn. Ah, uh, this is so great. I'm telling you, we have such riches in everything. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh my goodness. Peter, Peter, look over there. Yes, I'm looking over there. What am I supposed to see? Oh, it's a little boy. It's a Jewish boy. Wait a second. Is he dead? Is he alive? I don't know. Let me listen to his heart. <laughs> He's alive. He's just unconscious. Uh, uh, thank God he didn't drown. And when we shot the dam, the water receded because his clothing are all wet. He probably was soaking wet, and before he drowns, the water receded. Wow. Fantastic. Um, what should we do with him? Well, we cannot leave him over here like this, because if we leave him here like this and the others find him, so in order not to have any witnesses, they'll probably want to kill him. He's just an innocent little boy. You know what? Let's take him with us. We are married for so many years, and we never had any children. We'll bring him up as our own. You know, Sam thinks that's a very good idea. And so, sure enough, they took him, and of course, none of the other people realized they took him, whatever it is. And then when people started seeing, Oh, ah, Peter, how did you get a three-year-old-looking boy? Where did you find him? Uh, uh, and we went to the other town, and we realized that we're not having children at all, so we adopted a little boy. Now, of course, they couldn't tell he was Jewish because he cut off his payas and because they let his hair grow longer, so he just looked like one of the Shkotsim, like they were, one of the Goyim. And they brought him up like a guy. And when the Eden finally returned to the town, they were looking and looking, and finally, a Herschler and Blima and the family realized, I raised me this is not very good. His body is nowhere to be found. Probably the floodwaters washed him away. Oi, 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 oi. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And it was a big shyness, but I'm not going to go into it because that's not the point of the story. Whether they sat shiver for the child or not, when there's no proof that he's dead. But nonetheless, I'm not going to go into those halachas now because that's not part of the story. And so, but they did mourn and they felt bad because they didn't know what happened to him. And they had no what they call closure. And, of course, they had a deep, funny feeling that really Edel was alive. And the reason why they thought so was for one simple reason. And what's that, Robbie? Because if I'm playing that part, I got to know. Ah, and that's because, you see, if somebody has really died, and we learned this from Yaakov Avinu when he mourned for Yosef, he never stopped. Because, you know, Hashem caused a thing called Shechachah. So we should not mourn and feel sad forever. Okay? And so therefore, when he saw that he could not stop crying for the loss of Yosef, he, in his deep gut feeling, had a funny feeling that Yosef was still alive. 
And the same thing over here. Eshler and his wife, uh, they all thought that maybe, just maybe, Yidla is still alive. Now going back to Yidla. Okay, <clears throat> Yossi, this is you full blast. Ah, okay, Dad. Uh, uh, um, what do you want me to do now? Ah, yeah. Okay, Peter Jr., I want you that you should bring the firewood into the barn so we have plenty of firewood for the winter. Sure, Dad, no problem. Whatever you say, Dad. Yeah, that's what I say. Oh, such a good boy. You listen to your father and mother very well. That's right. You're such a good boy. Uh, thank you, Mommy. Thank you. And sure enough, he was a very good boy. Yeah, the Yiddish in the summer, after all. And, of course, he was being treated fairly nice. And he was treating them fairly nice. <coughs> but, <coughs> I hate to say it, <coughs> but uh, he was brought up as a full-fledged guy. Not one iota of Yiddishkeit. And, uh, you know, he would say, uh, uh, not, 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 uh, uh, Who was saying? Me or you? No, 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 the, uh, Peter was saying. All right, um, I, I have to go now to the town where the Jewish people are. They uh, refixed over Slodzberg. Uh, and they are growing things all over, and I need to get fruits and vegetables and supplies. So I'm going down there to get some. Uh, do you want to take little Peter Jr. with you? No, 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 I can't take him. I don't want him to uh, be recognized over there. No way. Let him stay up here. As long as there's a possibility he might remember something, I don't want to take him down there. All right, it makes sense what you're saying. And so they didn't take him. And years would pass by. And this guy, Peter Jr., which is really Yidla, he was mommy so focused, so focused on, like, being a guy. The thought of him being Jewish wasn't there. And finally, Peter Sr. was getting older, too. And my, I'm getting so much older. You know, when I go to town, I'm going to need some help. I can't lift the things like I used to. So you think, Marilyn, so you think it's safe to take Peter Jr. now? I'm sure it is very safe to take him now. I'm positive that he won't remember anything. He doesn't even talk about, doesn't mention, even in his sleep he doesn't do anything that resembles Judaism. No, I think it's safe to go with him. And sure enough, unfortunately for Peter Sr., but fortunately for Peter Jr., Peter Sr. did not know that the time he decided to go down to buy food and supplies, that's fruits and vegetables and supplies, was Erev Pesach. And the time we get down there would be Pesach time for the Eden. So the marketplace was closed. But he didn't know that, and he said, All right, Peter Jr., you will come with me. As we go down there, you're old enough to carry the supplies for me because I'm getting too old to carry. What do you say, Peter? 
Oh, yeah, sure, Dad. Whatever you say, Papa. You want me to help you? I'm going to help you. Whatever you want, I'm going to do. How's that, Robbie? You're doing pretty good? Uh, yeah. I'm just wondering if you should do a German accent, too, or not. I could do that. Okay, Teddy. Okay, Papa. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. Okay? All right. Uh, close enough. Okay, good enough. All right, go ahead. Uh, all right. And, of course, they got down there. They got down to the town. All right, what's going on here? Oh, dear. Me or mine? Nobody's here. Where's everybody? Excuse me. Yoho, you over there. Uh, can I talk to you? Yes. What is it? Oh, I recognize you. You're the man from the hilltop over there. You come to buy supplies. I'm sorry to tell you, you're not going to be able to buy your supplies today. Today is Arab Pesach, and very shortly starting Pesach, everybody's going to shul now. Actually, everybody, you know, the wives lit candles already. Um, it's Pesach, just about now. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much, you know. Anyways, we're all going to shul now to Darwin, so nobody's selling anything now. You'll have to wait until after Pesach. After Pesach, I'll have to wait? Oh, boy. All right. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, all right. You know what? Maybe there's somebody here that's not religious and will sell me something. Let me look around. And, of course, he went to look around. And all of a sudden, something clicked in Yiddle's head. What, 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 what's going on here? Pesach. Where did I hear that word before? Hmm. Let me see what's going on. What's going on here? Wow. And by the way, at this particular time, I just want to tell you that I once heard a shear from Rabbi Vigda Milazetzal, and he pointed out that if you want to have your children feel the feelings of that Reid and to feel Yiddishkeit and be part of the Neshama, you can't start when they get Bar Mitzvah or Bas Mitzvah. You have to start when they're a baby. You start telling the baby, Baruch Hashem, you're crying. Baruch Hashem this, Baruch Hashem that, everything. Baruch Hashem. And you start talking about Yisoydis of Yiddishkeit when they're little, so it becomes part of the heart. And if it's, if you do that, it'll never leave them. And it seems to be that Herschel and Blima used to do that with their Yidla. And Yidla heard about this Pesach. Wow. I got to go over and see what this is about. What I'm thinking in my mind, do I have to talk with a German accent? Nope, you don't have to. Okay, I'm not. Okay, anyways, uh, wow. Uh, my father's looking around to see if somebody's not religious. Wow, these people came home from shul. I wonder what's going on here. Well, uh, uh, one, one, one minute, let me see what's going on here. And so let me just continue on from this point right now. Uh, Yiddle was walking around and looking through the windows while his father was looking to try to find someone that may still sell supplies. He was hoping to find some non-religious Jew that was going to be able to sell supplies. But when it came to Pesach, even the light of Yiddin would be keeping Pesach. But in this town of Sludgeburg, Baruch Hashem, everybody in Sludgeburg were from Yiddin. Yes, indeed, they were very orthodox Yiddin. So he couldn't find anybody, but he kept walking from one end to another. And because Peter was older, he uh, took his sweet time. 
Meanwhile, Yidl was looking in. Well, it's a very hot night, and people have their windows open. Let me take a look. And suddenly he came to a house, which Maisa uh, Hashkocha, he didn't realize. He came to the house of Heschel and Blima Eloimim. What a Maisa Hashkocha it was. And suddenly the father said, Eh, all right, up to Magid. Okay, I guess it'll be, um, 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 Chatzkele. You're right now the youngest for now. <laughs> it's a shame. Years ago, I still can remember Yidla standing on the chair and saying Manishtana. And suddenly, in his mind, he started thinking, Manishtana? What's he talking about? And suddenly, Chaskel said, And suddenly his mind snapped back. And suddenly said, Ah, I remember when I was a little kid. I used to sit on a chair. I used to go, No, Cassius. What is that? Who's there by the window? Who are you? A shy is by the window. What do you want? Uh, man, it's time to have was there. We call a Layla. What? You're not a man, it's Come inside here. Who are you? Uh, uh, I think I started to remember. Well, uh, uh, this house looks familiar. Uh, this is, I can't believe it. <coughs> this is, this is my home. Um, I remember now. Um, I'm Yidl. Huh? Hey, Yidl? Wow. And you can imagine the reunion that they had. It was an amazing reunion. And, of course, when the father, Peter, was looking around and he was screaming, eh, Peter Jr., where are you? I'm ready to go. And he couldn't find him, and he thought he was going to try to find him the next day. But they kept him hidden from sight. And then after Yontif, they gave Yidl a haircut. And it reconquered and recaptured Yidl, because he was able to say, I remember when I was a little boy saying, Manishtana. And sure enough, that little ingrain, that thing of ingraining in his soul, that he was a Yid, stayed with him forever. And then when the time was right, it was rekindled. Baruch Hashem. Wow, the time is up. Yeah, we gotta go. All right, everybody have a wonderful Shabbos and a great weekend. Come on.